God has blessed us today with an opportunity to talk about moms. I don't know when that word comes up, what you think. Mom. Yeah, I hear. That's right. House, love, forgiveness, switch, gardenia bushes. It's just something about moms. I, th- I find it quite interesting, folks, that Jesus didn't have a father, a living father. He was, but he had a mom. Even Jesus needed a mom. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, who she was. What is uh, a godly woman? How do you tell them? How you notice one? I told you about the thing that I got from Tony Evans a few weeks ago when he was talking about how God made men, how God made women. And if you weren't there, I just, it's quite interesting to me. I mean, you know, I've been to seminary, but uh, he just simply talked about how God made men, just picked up a wad of dirt, you know, and threw it down, said, there's a man. (laughs) But when it came to making a woman, it was formed her, took the rib, did all that special thing. I mean, a whole lot of thought went into making women. A lot different from making men, according to the Scripture. But in all of that, I think there's some clear reasons as to why, just by looking at what we're going to look at today. And that is, how can you tell a godly woman, as God's eyes, the God the Father, who would choose one woman to be the mother of his only begotten son, that he chose this young lady Mary. What did he see in her? How did that all come to pass? Now, fathers are certainly sent by God to be protectors, scripturally, to be providers. Many do neither, but many do both today. But When God's son came into the world, knowing that there was much ahead that not even the mother knew was going to happen to her son, God chose this little lady. Sometimes I am amazed at my age and being around people for as many years as I have of some of the crazy things that that just pop up. One happened this week. I was in Uvalde, Texas, which is not too far out of San Antonio. And I went to a store that, a little, little one, where it used to be a big one, and I used to work for this particular store. And uh, I was going to buy $12 and some odd cents worth of string for a lawnmower. Well, they had gotten some new equipment in. That always scares me when I go to the grocery store and I say, get out your card, and, but do it differently. That bothers me. For some of you, it's automatic. It bothers me. So anyway, he's going to show me how to use this new machine. So I'm carrying on. Well, it locks up. And I need to get back. And it is, can't do anything. Then he says, well, I'm glad you used to work for, and I will not call the name of the company, but anyway, I'm glad, I'm sure you understand. Well, quite frankly, I'd forgotten, but... I didn't understand. (laughs) While we're talking there, he calls over. I just want to show you how all things work together for good. This is a divine encounter. Mother's Day coming up. 
And as I'm standing there, he calls on another man in the store to come help him to get this thing unlocked. Well, he doesn't do it either. So he kind of frustrated and he stands over here and this other guy goes back to it and he's making all these kind of phone calls and you know I, I was willing to pay him cash I'd do anything no 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 because it's on your account you got to please stay we apologize well this guy come up well I had on a shirt that Buddy Griffin gave me it said Psalm 150 that's a praise psalm if you read it in the Bible but you know even people know anything about the Bible they know what Psalms is they may call it palms but anyway they know it's Psalms or something and so kind of religious tent came into the air and then uh uh, he, he said, uh, uh, you know, Mother's Day is coming. I said, yeah, it is coming. I said, well, how are you going to celebrate it? Here's what he told me. This is what I'm telling you the story. He says, well, I've got four children, but I've divorced their mother. And I'm trying to figure out how to spend time with those children each day. I mean, on Mother's Day. Then he says, and my girlfriend is pregnant. I'm going to be a mother. That guy had a problem. And I want you to know that I don't think Mike Schumacher could have got him through this particular problem if he had had a lifetime membership in our counseling department, which is the best ever. This guy had a problem, but who created that mess? What do you think is the rest of the story behind all of that? How do men act like they act and not believe there's consequences down the road? What is there about us that, that we cannot catch on to the fact that God wants our children to have a godly mother for certain and all of them but one, a godly father? And the Bubba's don't get it. Don't get it. And so I began to think about what I had already been working on to say today. The passage being in John chapter 19, verse 25 Listen to this. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, one time he used his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, woman, behold your son. Then said he to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took his mother into his own home. Now, I want you to think with me this morning. How is it that we have got things in such a mess? Why is it that our homes are breaking up and, and unbelievable bad records being set of homes that are going through divorce? Children that are born without a father and mother to live with them. Joseph came to, alongside Mary to support her and what she was going to do, as you will see in a minute. But a child never gets over the disaster of a bad mother, and a child will never forget the benediction of a good mother. The, the longer you live, the more you're going to love the good things about your mother. And the longer you live the more I think the Lord just lets you forget about some things that, you know, she wished that she would have been different. But here's the point, folks. God had to make a decision. He had chosen to send his son into the world as a virgin, a virgin born. And he was to find a perfect, pure woman. 
young lady who would be able to handle with the culture and spiritually what was going on when God chose Mary to bear his son Jesus. Jesus came in this world in a unique way for a unique purpose. And everything that would happen from then until now would come back and think about this story. The birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ. And it all tied back into how it all got started when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. For Jesus to do what he was sent to do, a perfect mother was an imperative for him to have. The exact personality, place, countenance, whatever, it had to be right. Joseph, again, would come along to support. I want to give you 10 things very quickly. Number one, when God decided who he'd choose, he chose a woman that believed in the sanctity of human life. It was a baby in the Bible. Baby, baby, not a fetus. It was a baby. He knew that when Mary, under these very, very difficult, as a teenage girl, becomes pregnant, never knowing a man, this woman had to really be cold be carefully chosen. So he chose a woman, first of all, had to be right in the very act of what does it mean for a child to come into the world? And so, as Luke chapter 1 says, verse 43, and whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Baby Check the original language. The word is baby. It is very important you get number one. I'll go through the rest of them quicker than this one. We're talking about a baby. We're talking about God's highest creation. We're talking about something that God is very, very concerned about in a politically incorrect world that wants to try to be what everybody wants, wanting to rewrite all of history. But then number two, God chose a woman that because of what God did, she became pregnant. And that put her in a very awkward situation and circumstances. But she could handle it. Her walk with God was so special. Her enemies could not even condemn her. She had already laid a foundation through her early years of living that here was a woman that knew God personally. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. 
But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son. You'll call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, behold, this goes all the way back now to thousands of years before, and here comes that Old Testament scripture. Behold, a virgin shall be with a child, shall bring forth the son. They'll call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted as God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. He took unto him his wife, knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Beautiful story. And Joseph is just, he don't know what's happening. But you know what? By faith, he's handling it. First thing he decides to do, he'll just keep his mouth shut. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing sometime for all of us? To just be still and know that he's God. And if they want you to explain it, why don't you say, I think I'm going to give you time to figure it out. Boy, that'll really shake them up. If they have to get it from somebody other than you just tell them this is the way it was. And so we move to number three. He chooses a woman with a quiet spirit. Not only did he not talk, she didn't either. Maybe a little bit more difficult. You know, ladies, okay, smile a little bit. Y'all like to talk more than us. I'm telling you, you do. They count the words on you. They caught you. We men don't use as many words as you do. You talky, talky, talky. We walky, walky, walky. We go fishing together. One on one in the boat, one on the other. 30 minutes into the fishing trip. You getting any bites? No. That's it. 30 minutes later, well, he got a bite yet? No. Now we wait an hour before we talk anymore. Well, what are you using, worms? Then you come home, the wife says, tell me about your fishing trip. I don't think she wants to hear that. But you ask a lady what time it is, and if you're not careful, she'll tell you how to build a watch. I'm all the time hearing my wife. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I have been for 15 minutes. Can't remember all the words. My memory's about 30 seconds, so after that, I, you probably lost me. But here is Mary. Can you imagine the story this woman would have had with her friends at the Washeteria? But she did not. Listen to Luke 2, 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2, 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all of these things in her heart. You know, it's sometimes good not to share everything about our kids with everybody. Sometimes we just need to be quiet and let God have them. And we need to just think, oh, God, what would you have me to do? The fifth thing I want to tell you is she knew the importance of bringing up her children in the house of worship on the Sabbath day. Jesus was taken to church. He, he was brought to church. He was not sent to church. He was brought to church. 
That's their custom was, the Bible says. Mom and dads that do not, for whatever reason, believe that there are other things more important than bringing their children to church will one day pay a price for that. I had a drug problem when I was a kid. My mother drugged me to church every Sunday. And if nothing else worked, I was the preacher's son, so that made it even worse. But the point is this. A mom needs to know the importance of church. This is the bride of Christ. This is where the body assembles. This is where you want to meet your girlfriend and your boyfriend and your future wife and your future husband. This is where you want to find the right place to go to work and the right place to live and the place to shop and on and on and go. This is the place. But let me tell you something. I'm meddling, but forgive me. We spend too much time on Facebook instead of on the faith book. You understand the difference? We get so carried away with our Facebooks and we've had so many hits on my Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, you can tell. <laughs> I've seen some at R holding up their beer bottles and they, I want you to be known by my you know, I'm a consistent drinker. Well, God bless you. That's the reason I don't want to hear anything you got to say. <laughs> Who wants to be listening to a drunk, you know? But you see, oh, this isn't important. I want my children to be accepted at school. I want them to have a whole lot of friends. No, you don't want your kids to have a whole lot of friends. You want them to have the right friend. You want to put them in the right place. If you're interested in who your daughter-in-law or your son-in-law is going to be in the future, you want to put your kids where they're most likely to find that kind of a person. And it's in the house of the, God, of the Lord. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together, the Bible says, as a manner of some are. I believe if it'd be written today, it'd be say, as a matter of most are. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Mary took Jesus' to church. Well, I don't know why he needed to go to church. He was God. I don't either. Ask when we get to heaven. We'll find out. You know how you can know the difference between God's ways and man's ways is go to God's word and quit listening to man's words. Every time you hear a sermon, you ought to make sure it's based on the inspired and errant and infallible word of God. Not to make you feel good. Not, well, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. No, you want to hear God's words, what you want to hear. Not your opinion being confirmed. But Mary was that kind of a woman. The sixth thing was, she also allowed her child some freedom to grow up. You know, sometimes with certain boundaries, you need to let them grow up. I can remember the old ways. <laughs> if, you, if, you, you know, if your child is, you, you don't want them to put their finger in a socket. If, if, they, if you just find one with low voltage and let them do it one time, that little deal's over with. You know, you know, I learned about smoking with one cigar. I didn't know that they can make you drunk too. I don't know whether I swallowed it or breathed it in, but everything turned green. Everything turned purple. And so when I see people paying $50 for a pack of cigarettes so they can get cancer quicker, I don't get it. Just don't get it. And I know this is rocket scientist stuff, but my goodness gracious, alive. 
When you see the people, there's absolutely self-destructing. When I was about 11 years old, I, I think I was in the fifth grade. I might have still been in the first grade at that time. I'm not sure, but I think it was about fifth grade. I wrote a paper in class about 10 reasons why uh, I want to smoke. And uh, I don't remember all the points, but I remember it'd make my, my teeth and fingers pretty and yellow. It'd make my breath, uh, it would make it uh, stink for everybody. And uh, ashes could burn holes in my clothes. And uh, I just went on and on and on. Oh, and I could get cancer sooner. And uh, made an A-plus on the paper. I think that's the last A-plus ever made. But I did learn something about tobacco. Even though baseball players chewed it, you know. And I hope that all of us can give our kids and our grandkids some freedom. Let them have an opportunity under supervision to make some bad decisions. That's what it was. Mary did that. She gave him some freedom. Look at what it says in Luke 2.42. Remember when he was 12 years old, he was down, down at the temple. She said, went up to, to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. He was around the right people. He was down church. He was talking to the right folks. She sat back and she watched. But he had some freedom to move about. Spend the night with a friend, just knowing who the friend is. Going where on a vacation with somebody, but you know who that family is and what they're going to do. Those are the kind of things that would happen today. But there's a seventh thing. And that was that she was willing to accept the unexplained in her child's life, the marvel of God. Jesus answered his mother's questions were often very confusing to the mom. But yet she could determine and knew because of the way Jesus was born and the personal time she had had with the Lord that he was going to be very, very different. But rather than trying to conform her child into her image, she stood back and let God conform Jesus into his image and left the results totally and completely to God. In that second chapter of Luke, verse 50, it says, And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. She couldn't understand his answer. I had to be about my father's business. What does that mean? She didn't know. But she left it there. Number eight. God chose a mother who realized her child had some wisdom. Not knowledge, but wisdom that was given to him by God in order that God could use it in Jesus' life. And it was worth hearing. He let Jesus speak. Now listen to me. The oldest cliche in my lifetime is this one. Children are to be... Uh, children are to be What? Seen and not heard. Anybody ever hear that? My only one ever heard that? Let's go hands. Raise them up. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> I heard it. You heard it. Bible doesn't say there'd be seen and not heard. No. Why do you think the kids don't want to talk to their parents when they're 15? Well, you hadn't let them talk since they were born. Why should I want to come talk to you? I don't want to hear what you got to say. Just sit down, shut up, and eat your spinach. 
And if you don't, your daddy's going to spank you. Boy, wouldn't you like to enter in that conversation for the rest of your life? But the Bible tells us that our children are special to God. They ought to be special to us. They're one of a kind. Listen to them. And the child ought to be, I love to see children. I've seen a bunch of them right in this generation that they'd rather talk to their father, boys talking to their father, girls talking to their mother in so many cases that I have witnessed because their mother is their best friend and she will listen and she understands. Women understand women, men understand men. And it is so good when you listen to your kid's mom if you want to be that perfect mom and be like Mary, she would listen to Jesus. She would question him and didn't always understand his answer, but he underst she understood its spirit. And not one time did Jesus say to his mother, you better shut your mouth. If that would have happened back in the days when I was growing up, you could call the, the child protective agency and tell him, might as well get an early start because that's not allowed in this household. And you know what? I didn't like it then, but I sure liked it later. I know God has a plan for the man to come alongside the woman and to support her. And don't ever, 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 ever let your child in any way attack their mother if you're still living with your children, family. No, no. No, children need to be heard. Our children are hurting. And when they start talking, you understand somebody's told them the wrong thing. Somebody needs to tell them the truth. And the truth will set them free. But it needs to be in love. But sometimes there has to be the firmness to just stop. Number nine, God chose a woman that finally was willing to release her child. Did you notice from that 12th, when he was 12 years old, we don't hear about Mary until that time comes for the cross. It's very quiet in there. She just let him go. But she felt that it was the right thing to do and it was the right thing to do. Mom, it's okay. For those of you that do not have the father of that child to help you and support you, that's where the church comes in. That's where ministries come in. For women that choose godly women to run with, as Mary did, if you don't have any godly women in your personal life, get in our women's ministries. We have so many different things offered to you. To get in there and get that support to where you, like Mary, had her friends that are mentioned, the Mary and Elizabeth and all these but find a place where you can have the counsel of godly women. And again, that's the faith book. Not usually the Facebook. My final thing to you today is God chose a mother who was with her boy until the day he died. One of the most emotional things today is the penitentiaries of this land on Mother's Day. Wardens have told me, and those of the men that work in our prison ministries and women, that on Mother's Day, 80% of the male inmates send cards to their mother 
on Father's Day, less than 10%. Mothers have a way of continuing to have the heart of their children way after the men have lost hold because we just don't know. Right side of brain, left side of brain, emotions, all part of it. It's not an excuse, but it is a reason. But when a mom can learn from Mary how to do what needs to be done to be a godly mother, everything else falls into its place. John 19, 25, I was open with. He's at the cross, three times addressed his mother. It's all going to say and show us. Reading it more than 2,000 years later, there's mother, there's mother, there's mother, there's mother, there's mother, there's mother, and there's father. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And God's son had that communication with the father in heaven, but his mother was right there. Mom, don't walk out on your kids. Mom, don't think that your words are in vain. Mom, sometimes you say something and it comes out your mouth one way and God just kind of twists it and it goes in exactly what that child needs to hear. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Don't try to be like men. She women, uh, I mean she men and he women are a messed up deal. God put us together for a reason. And everything you want to discuss, there is a reason. And everything is different between men and women. Like the Frenchman said, viva la difference. <laughs> Thank God, male and female, he made it. We need each other. But mom, 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 I know scripturally what the man's authority, head of the home, that kind of thing. But you know what? You are the foundation. As long as that foundation holds, it's gonna, we're going to make it. But if we lose our moms, God help us. Don't quit. Don't give up. When you get hurt, God can wash away all tears from your eyes. But look at those kids. Thank God for them. You did something nobody else ever did. Yours is one of a kind. You say, let me show you my kid. Well, I'm going to show you mine. He's just like yours. Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not like mine, and mine's not like yours. Mom, you love you. God loves you. You got a strong argument when you get with your husband and say, he said, let me show you what daddy's supposed to do. You say, well, let me show what mama's did. You're going to win. Know your Bible. Get in the faith book. Learn your Bible and keep on keeping on. You're special. You're beautiful inside and out. And I can promise you, when these quadrilles we were talking about, Stuart, you remember those days? Sue, you remember those days? There was 25 women in our church, godly women. That, how would you like to bring four babies home? You said, I brought one home. It took you, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, three women down the they, they, were, they, were, they had timing around the clock for over a year to help this godly grandmother and her godly daughter to take care of those children and the daddy. And they were around the clock taking care of those four kids. And you know where they didn't come from down the street at the social club? They came from the church. 
because godly women that associate with godly women will never go through anything alone. The strongest prayer groups that I've ever seen, the strongest support groups I've ever seen are from the godly women. God has put in you, ladies, something that is far superior to anything I've seen of the passion and the love and the tenderness and the grace and the goodness and the forgiveness of God. So keep on keeping on. Wise people learn from other people's mistakes. I wish I could have said to my, uh, my guy down there the other day in Uvalde, Bubba, we need a long time. But the mess you got in was predetermined by Satan. And you, but, you took the bait. And now this Mother's Day will not be very happy in Uvalde, Texas for that man. But I hope it is for you.